Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Vanilla Ken Seymour, with your co-host, also Vanilla, Richard Geiger. Yes, Vanilla. <laughs> we are very Vanilla. Vanilla what? with a little bit of hair on, on, on the front. Mm, salt and pepper. Yeah, something like that. Could you, could you have salt and pepper vanilla? I don't know how well that would sell. Yeah. Well, we're back again with another movie review, this time with the both of us, because it's an important movie. You, uh, you, you should all be aware by now through the number of uh, advertisements and, and news stories and all of the other stuff that goes along with it that the final episode of the X-Men kind of tr- trilogy, it's not really a trilogy anymore, it's a... Uh, X-Men Cinematic Universe... Yeah, if you can really call it that. So, uh, the last episode, uh, Dark Phoenix, before it is subsumed, consumed, maybe in some people's opinion, done in a slightly better way by the Disney conglomerate that owns Marvel. Um, But uh, it's the last entry in this extended kind of grouping of hit or miss movies. Is that fair to say? Yeah, in the whole Fox X-Men yeah, extended whole... family. Exactly. Do you count Deadpool in that family too? Eh, kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the Fox. It's the Fox. The Fox um, umbrella. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the stuff they've done has been pretty fantastic. Some of the stuff that they've done has been kind of, eh. Um, as, as always, I'm very careful in how I state things because, you know, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. So, I try not to make such straight up. Uh, considerations. This movie's awful. Well, there are some instances where I'll still say this movie is just awful. They they have two of the lowest rated of the comic book movies. So they I, do. It's, it's, if that means anything, yeah, yeah, unfortunate. But uh, as I said, Dark Phoenix. We uh, we went to see it. We wanted to tell if this was something that was going to be a swan song that was to be remembered or something that was just kind of a sputter and forget. Now, as always, we're going to begin with just a general description of how we felt about the movies. Is it something that you should absolutely go out and see in the theaters? Is it something you should wait for on Blu-ray or streaming? Maybe purchase it for your personal collection? Is it something that you should just completely ignore and uh, pretend never existed? Um, and then we will kind of go into greater detail into the spoiler heavy section where we will dissect the movie scientifically, but not with our patented method that is probably just like a lot of other people's methods, but it's our method, our version. So we're going to go. So it's the best one. It's is what best. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's good. We're going to divide it into discussions about the cast, about the director, about costuming and props, location, cinematography, plot and writing, and a little bonus area. All of those points together will add up to a total, possibly up to 100 points, possibly as low as one point. Neither of those have ever happened. I doubt they ever will. But, you know, you can score along at home and see how close your opinion is to what we've got. Throw some bonus points at the end just so I can make it the score that I really want to make it. Yeah, that's what I started doing, really. I've looked at all the stuff that I've scored so far, and how do I really feel about this film? I think it should rank right about there. How do I get it to that total? Mm, That's fair. And then I go through, and I put the points where I think that they're supposed to be, and I look at it again, and then sometimes I go, I made a mistake. 
I, I think this movie is much better than I thought it was. A little negative 20 in the bonus point section, maybe? No, that's completely different. That movie deserved negative 20 points. Any any musical will get negative 20 points. Right off the bat. Right off so the bat. So the best score that a musical can get is a B-. minus. Yes, okay. uh, and I believe that is fair. I have yet to see a musical movie, live action, and that's very specific, musical movie, live action, that I would put past an 80. Even the ones that I like. I don't like that much. So it's just, uh, that's just what it is. Now, musical theater, that's completely different. Musical cartoons, that's completely different. But yeah, we're getting off topic. Anyway. Yeah, Dark Phoenix was not a musical. Not music. a musical. <laughs> so, all right. What did you think? You went to see it a little before I did. Generally speaking, how did you feel about the movie, Richard? Generally speaking, I would say that if you have watched all the other movies and you enjoyed those movies and you, generally speaking, go and watch them in the movie theater, don't be scared by the bad reviews. Go and watch this one. Like, yeah. uh, that's what I would say. Now, if you're just a casual movie goer and you like uh, comic book movies and you're like, well, maybe I'll go and see this one, it might not be up your alley. But uh, I think for all the people that have watched them before or have any interest in this, I would say go and watch it in the movie theater. But definitely check it out at the very least when it comes to, to DVD and add it to your collection is what I would say when the time comes. I, I think uh, we're pretty close to the same on page on the same page here. Um, I, I agree. This, this isn't nearly as bad as the Rotten Tomatoes score and some of the other things that I've seen. Um, uh and that makes it sound like I think it's bad, which I, I don't. I thought it was a, a pretty decent movie, truthfully, all in all. I enjoyed watching it, which really surprised me. Um, I don't know. If if I didn't do this normally, I probably would have given this a pass in the movie theater. But I would most certainly have watched it on streaming and almost certainly bought it on Blu-ray as well. So I'd say that's where it kind of fits into me. And I agree. If you're, if you're a comic book movie kind of person... Um, that is definitely the way that I would have gone with it. And I just also learned something very important. I will redline the audio if I close the cap to my pen. See, let's do that again. Oh, oh there it went. Powerful. <laughs> All right. So that's the spoiler-free section, the very simple, simple book-ended version. And now we'll break into the spoiler-heavy. But... Before we get into the spoiler heavy, just a little reminder. If you want to know what's going on with the Pudding Guys at any given time, it's very easy to find out. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter, at Real Pudding Guys, on Facebook, at Pudding Guys, uh, on Instagram, at Pudding Guys. You'll see a trend here. It's kind of the same thing all around everywhere. We even have a Patreon account. Just look for Pudding Guys. We would love your support in helping to make new content, new movie reviews, new top 10 videos, new interviews. We do our best to go out to all of the places that we can find really neat people to talk to and bring those interviews back to you. It costs money uh, quite a bit. It's free. Uh, <laughs> we want to provide it free to everyone to listen to, but any support is appreciated. Right now, we only have one bucket, the dollar per month. Uh, a dollar, you say? Just a dollar. That's all it takes to help us make the show and bring it to you and hopefully make it better. Now, we will be putting some new buckets in soon because we have some new stuff coming along. And we'll hopefully have some really interesting options for you. But we will keep you apprised when the time comes. All we need is one dollar to make us holler. 
We may edit that part out. I don't know yet. <laughs> Remember, PG. P- well, people will get the reference. People that don't, maybe it's okay. It's a song. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So on to, on to the good stuff. Um, let's break this down a little bit. Let's start with director again. We've been starting with cast a lot. We're Ooh. changing up just a little bit. Throwing curveballs at us here. Just just a little bit. Uh, I think starting with the director is right in this instance because there's actually quite a bit to unpack with this particular choice of director. Um, we've got uh, Simon Kinberg, right? Yes. <laughs> so I think people would recognize the name. But not as a director. No, no. This That's is like his only directing credit. credit. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He he'd done he'd done writing, executive producing, that type of stuff for a lot of the other movies, yeah. and this was the one that uh, he took the reins on. Uh, well, like you said, there's more to dig into it as to why he took the directing reins over. But uh, you know what? If this is the first movie that you're going to do... That's kind of impressive. He did a pretty good job. Now, now there's there's lots of things going on behind the scenes here. Yeah. And you hear different stories. I mean, this movie was recorded two years ago. So when you see all these actors, they're two years older now than what they were when they were filming this. And they had reshoots and delays, and then they had to change the ending. I don't know how much of that's on the director as it is the people you know behind the director pushing the buttons making you know spending the money that type of stuff i think it's a little bit of everything that kind of made the changes over the course of the last couple years well for me uh again it's always does the director first of all build excitement in going in to see the film what has this person worked on previously uh, does it lead me to believe that I think I'm going to like this particular movie? And then on top of that, okay, how did they actually execute? Does it seem like he had a grasp of the source material in instances where there's a comic book movie? Um, something to those uh, lines. So he's really kind of hit or miss for me going going into this. So you look at his writing credits. Yeah, he's got credits on the other X-Men films, uh, but he also has credits on things like Sherlock Holmes. Uh, he did the uh, screenplays for Jumper and the Fantastic Four that came out in 2015. That's kind of cringeworthy, just a little bit. Jumper. I Well, no, to okay. be fair, I kind of liked Jumper sort of okay. It had a different lead actor. Yeah, maybe uh, Hayden Christensen's not exactly the, 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 the person that everyone rushes to see. I, I think he's better than most people would, would think. I mean, it's one of those things where you play to your strengths in your wheelhouse, and his strength is kind of similar in some respects to like a Tom Cruise. So, and, and I'll say what I mean. When you look at Tom Cruise uh, in any given movie, how many emotions do you actually see run through his face at any given time? You might see a smile on occasion, um, but it's usually kind of a serious grimace or a serious not grimace. That's pretty much his range. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's kind of what he does. And and I think Hayden Christensen kind of falls into that range too, for the most part. Now, to be fair, I haven't seen anything really that he's done after Jumper, if he has done anything after Jumper. 
Um, so it's quite possible that he's going to prove me wrong or I missed something. But at least from what I've seen, that's kind of what it is. Not such a bad thing. But now, did you know that um, this director also had a hand in X-Men Last Stand writing? It's a good movie. <laughs> what, what about his... So he's he's got some... For all those, I mean, he, he's got some hands in uh, Logan, for uh, Well, that's production. Production, yes, not uh, writing. Writing, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Triple um, X, State of the Union. <laughs> I'm sensing a trend here. There, there's, a, there's a bit of a trend. Now, when it comes to production, he's kind of involved in a bunch of the X-Men stuff. So, I mean, he was involved with Deadpool uh, and Deadpool 2 on the production side. And he's involved in one of my favorite TV shows in terms of production, that's Legion. Um, but it's hard to get a, an understanding, a picture of exactly who he is and what he brings just from that. So I, I can't say I was super excited um, with him going into this film. Now, once I watched the film, again, with kind of low bar expectations because of hearing everything that I had heard and knowing how bad the X-Men films in in the way I view them have been in the past. I think he did all right. I feel like there was a little bit of a disconnect. It didn't didn't really see a flow. Um, I buy into that. But but really that's about it. I mean I for what it is and the difficulties that were there, I, I thought he did all right. Yeah, I mean, when you when you've got a little bit of everything to do in the movie, not only did you have your hand in some of the writing and some of the production and the direct, like you got you pretty much did everything in the movie. So that that's a nice part from a directing standpoint because you can control and you can change some of the things that have already been written. You can control where the money is spent, how the money is spent. So that definitely helps. It's a little, I would imagine, stressful to, to yeah, do all that I, I stuff. Can't imagine but. being being in his shoes in this particular movie. This one specifically, there's almost no way that there's going to be an upside. Even if the movie was good, there's no upside. Okay, let me rephrase that. Even if it, the movie was received well by everybody, whether it's good or not, again, as a matter of perspective, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah. I I just don't think that he did anything to the like a mass detriment of this movie. No, no. No, I, I don't think this movie was an A-list blockbuster either. No, not even. Close. I mean, everybody thinks it's like the worst movie ever in in any of the comic book movies ever made. Really, no. I mean, that's Rotten Tomato wise, like twenty two percent or. Yeah, I don't I don't get that something one, like that. Because this so. was way better than the Last Stand was. Yeah. I mean, by, and, uh, by, by, by orders of magnitude. X-Men Origins. Oh, it's Wolverine. definitely better than X-Men Origins. Um, it's better than other movies, too. But I don't think... I don't think he did anything monumentally good or bad. No, no. If, if there's anything that I would attribute, if he had any hand in the writing as well, and considering he was involved in X-Men Last Stand, I think there may be a fundamental, I don't want to say lack of understanding of the source material, 
material because I'm not sure that that's really what it is. I think it's a, it's an inability to convey the source material in a live action that in a way that connects right, where you get the feeling that, okay, you get it. This is the way that it was supposed to be. It, and, and partly, I think, you just can't do it. Dark Phoenix cannot be done in one movie. It's not possible. There is just too much to that story. So it's always rushed. It's always missing stuff. It's always changed in substantial ways that just make it so that it doesn't work. And I think that's one of the reasons that Marvel will do it right when they get it, because they do not mind taking the long game when it comes to certain storylines. I, I think this storyline is better played out on paper. Mm, probably so. Than what it is on film. Even on the cartoon show from the 90s, when this segment of the cartoon came up, it was just kind of annoying to me. <laughs> so I, I've never been enamored with the Dark Phoenix storyline, but... I don't know why they felt the need to do it again, but whatever. This is we're talking about directing. So well, they've killed Uncle Ben a couple of times in the movies now, so maybe it's a generational thing. Who knows? They just don't like rice. I don't know. So what do you think, director-wise? Out of a total of twenty points, how many points would you give it? I mean, I'll, I'll I want to say fourteen or fifteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. I myself gave it twelve. I mean, pretty solid. I mean, well, above above the passing. mid range. Yeah, passing. So now we can go back into the cast. Now, the cast should be one of the easier things because these individuals, with the exception of the, the villain, the lead villain role, uh, are all people that have been in the previous movies and they're carryovers. So it's nothing particularly new. I mean, you got James McAvoy, who... I absolutely adore in pretty much everything, um, except maybe wanted. <laughs> Couldn't get behind the bending of the bullets thing, but you know he was also in uh, Split and uh, um, the subsequent uh, mashup of Unbreakable and Split and Glass not too long ago, and reviewed that. He was in Atomic Blonde, mm -hmm. so I mean he was. Uh, in uh, The Last King of Scotland. Um, he was in one of my favorite movies, a quirky little movie called Penelope. Penelope. That, if you've never seen it, I've got just a couple of uh, deeper cut shout outs and Penelope is one of them. Uh, it's Christina Ricci and James McAvoy and it is delightful. It is so much fun. You would never think that, that a live-action movie where there is a girl with a pick nose uh, as the main character would be entertaining at all. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, the, neither here nor there. Um, you got Michael Fassbender reprising his role as uh, Magneto or Magneto. There's still, I'm sure, people fighting over how to pronounce that particular name, and I'm not going to get into it because I just don't care that much. But he was in, like, Prometheus and Steve Jobs... Who do you play in Steve Jobs? Um, Jim. <laughs> Jim, the technician. That's right. Something like that. Uh, he was in the Assassin's Creed movie. Uh, he was in Jonah Hex. Yes, he was. 
Uh, he actually has two other comic book crossovers. He's in Jonah Hex, but he's also in 300. That's true. So, Overrated movie, by the way. We'll, what? We'll, we'll discuss that later. Yeah, we'll have to come back to that one. 300 was really good. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, the uh, Hayden Christensen of female actress. Hey. <laughs> uh, um, is that is that too harsh? <laughs> well, at least people appreciate her acting career and the things that she's done. Oh, uh, that, that awards that she's won. That was entirely too mean. I, but she kind of reminds me of him in some respect. Again, a lot of her. There's not. You don't see a lot of facial change in her roles uh and i truthfully i bet i know what it is that really gets me she was in the hunger games which i despise mm. i i just terribly no 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 uh so i'm sure that is coloring my view of it and i've never seen the hunger games not a single one of those things i don't i've tried i've tried on several occasions now and i get a few minutes and it's like nope nope can't do it. It's just, it does not hit me right. Um, now, um, she was in Silver Linings Playbook, which I did really like. And I thought she did fine. Yep. Um, she And she had good range in that. I, so, completely disregard what I said before. I just, it was the first thing that came to mind. And I don't know why. It's just, for some reason, was there. Uh, <laughs> she, she's all right. I kind of want to see Red Sparrow and Passengers. Um, I still haven't had a chance to. I think I think uh, she's probably pretty good. Um, I'm not going to be able to get past that. I'm going to be giggling in the back of my head for the rest of the episode because of it. You got Nicholas Holt uh, reprising his role as Beast. Uh, now he's had Oof. some interesting interesting uh, bits and pieces. He was in the Mad Max remake that they did. Nux. Yeah. Um, he was in uh, the the Tolkien movie that just came out. Yes, he was talking. Yeah, yeah, got the lead. Now, uh, this is the second deep cut shout out. You know, considering you know, this is what gets me because, you know, the, the audience that uh, Hunger Games was aimed at is the same audience that this other movie is aimed at. And I like this other movie, but didn't like Hunger Games. Just a taste thing. But uh, Warm Bodies, that movie was so good. It was so good. A Romeo and Juliet love story with zombies. With zombies in an airport. In an airport. That's just, it was uh, really kind of fantastic. I, I love that movie. Um, Rob, Rob Corddry, a zombie in that movie. Too, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so that was good. Um, you got uh, Sophie Turner, of course, uh, as Jean Grey. Uh, most people still would recognize her more for her Game of Thrones stuff than anything. Um, you've got... I think what else she's really been in that people would recognize her Not from. much of anything else. Well, she's she's been in other stuff, but those are the things that really are are the the big big name stuff. Uh, you've got uh, Ty Sheridan um, as um, Cyclops. Um, I'm sorry, I liked the previous Cyclops better, but I I really like uh, the other actor quite a lot. So with James Marsden? Uh, yeah, Marsden is underrated. Um, and we've gotten into this discussion. You you have claimed that he is the best at sitting in a car opposite an animated uh, character. But you gotta do what you gotta do. You know? I I he he makes me 
laugh. He can do serious. I love James Marsden. I just don't know Ty Sheridan quite so well. I mean, he was in Ready Player One. Um, I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. Um, Currently available on HBO. I think it's just a matter of not being really familiar with his work yet. Um, uh, Alexandria Schill uh, as uh, Storm. She's been in a few things that I haven't watched. Um, She did the Aaliyah um, documentary, biometry. Well, she was Aaliyah in the Aaliyah movie. Um, You've got, um, uh, was it Bran Peters? Bron Peters? Evan Evan Peters. Peters. So here's, here's something that you'll get to know about me. There are two different things that I have that are massive problems. I mispronounce people's names and I can't read my own handwriting. Evan Evan Peters, <laughs> and you thought it was what brand? <laughs> Braun? Well, the problem was is the ink kind of kind of see it. Oh yeah, like, it does kind of look like brand a little bit. <laughs> brand brand uh, brand star. So, high, I mean. high quality uh, digital and audio output. That's what I strive for. <laughs> a plus content. And you know what the best thing about me doing that is now we're never going to get him on the show because he people are going to point this out. He called you Brand Peters. Oh God. But um Brand Flakes. He was in Kick Ass and Um Never Back Down. Uh he actually was kind of kind of the best person in Never Back Down. Now that I think about it. Uh he had the most personality that I could see of any of the actors that were in that, which is pretty funny yeah he does a good uh, well in the comics quicksilver's kind of like a, a jerk bag right yeah, a, a douche as some people might say and in this movie he's probably one of the more entertaining people character wise yeah so flip to script flip to script he he did have one of the more laugh out loud moments where he's taking credit for the shuttle mission that was a lot of fun that was mostly me um, uh, Cody Schmidt McPhee as uh, Nightcrawler, right? Mm-hmm. Smith. Smiths. Uh, S- no Schmidt. No, I don't think there's a ch or I, I a h. Smith has got to be Schmidt. Schmidt. Um, he was in Road, and um, reminds me of a Paranorman commercial from uh, MTV, starring. <laughs> Adam Sandler. <coughs> and of course, we got Jessica Chastain as Vuk. As in, I don't know what the Vuk they were thinking. Yeah, who the who the Vuk is that? Yeah, that that just maybe not the best name choice you could have uh, put in there. It just lends itself to jokes way too easy. Um, but Zero Dark Thirty was one of her big things. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Inter, Interstellar and The Martian. Um, yeah. Now, that's kind of funny because uh, the director also worked on The Martian. Martian. Producer. So, yeah. So, really solid cast. Everybody did great. Um, and I have to always give kudos to the actors and actresses um, like Jennifer Lawrence, uh that had to act through all the ridiculous amount of makeup that they were wearing. That's always really rough. Uh, and I think that for the most part, they did really well. Um, there's nothing that I can think of specifically that the actors really would have had 
a hand in making that that was a misstep i think is most likely mostly writing missteps what do you think sophie turner had her american accent yeah you could you could see it sneak her english one sneak out a bit from time to time um alexandria ship had i mean she's got to kind of make up an accent which in in the cartoons she's had an accent right she's from africa but when halle berry did her character there was no accent i don't think it's wrong to go either way accent or no accent um i think alexandria did did fine yeah i think it's more authentic to do an accent is it am i yeah i'd say that's probably true so i appreciated that aspect of it at least um jessica chastain i'm kind of neutral on her i'm not maybe this isn't the best movie to showcase her talents which probably isn't but meh eh meh kind of kind of neutral like i said on her i don't dislike her but i she's not one of my favorites so so this is where i'm going to say this is where i'm going to say line and we're going to have this little gap that you're going to edit together right so i'm going to say uh ship and then line that way when in the earlier part where i said alexandria shill you can paste that over (laughs) and make it right (laughs) that's what you think (laughs) come on you got to do this for me uh, I don't want to alienate anybody. I like all these people. It's not it's it's not their fault that I can't read my own writing. Those are P's. I wrote it down right. They looked like L's. I mean, I just thought you were <laughs> pronouncing it wrong. I don't know. No. Uh, I, I, I thought I heard it right. I like I, I thought I heard it right as in I heard you mispronounce it. I was just like, well, no. you know. No, that, that, there's usually one of those per so this is one of those instances because I was just at two back-to-back uh, conventions that I did not have the prep time <laughs> that I needed so I was in a bit of a hurry putting all of this together and when you hurry my writing which is already not very good it comes out god-awful and uh, it's lucky that I can read any of it you might say it looks like ship yeah see this all this this is this is terrible notes <laughs> if you ever want to see it oh good lord oh, wait i'm, I'm so supposed sorry. to be editing this uh it's not gonna happen you should hey that's why i said i gave you the perfect spot there's nothing in between you can make us look a little bit better all right so, so it'd be funny you know actors uh pretty easy 15 out of 20 for me hmm 15, so you gave him a C for the actors. Um, none of I, them had a performance that really amazed me, but none of them really did terrible either. No, I mean, that that's fair. Um, but I'll go I'll go a little bit more than that just to give them a benefit of the doubt. I'll do 16. 16 for the actors. All right, now to a couple of easy subcategories. We've got costuming and props. Um, those X suits. God, they were ugly. I'm sorry. They just did not look great. Um, I mean, they were kind of touched on it, it, to an extent. 
about how they were becoming as part of the storyline, not not the look of them, but the fact that they, they were, were wearing them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, but the look, it's just like like bad eighties almost to a certain extent. Just the X costumes. And that's the whole reason it stood out mm. to me, because in the rest of the film, everything else was really good. Well, or or at least passable. Um but just those those X suits look so bad, with the yellow on top, the yeah. blue and the yellow. It they didn't look natural or comfortable or like they would reduce damage or uh, were designed by somebody that wanted them to be recognized. I mean, it just it's like oh heck, I got this in the secondhand store, and there are twelve of them, so <laughs> everybody's going to wear the same thing. Um, I mean. Is that any part of an original comic look or a modern? It's it's kind of like a modernized version of the X Factor suits. Because um, if you look at the uh, first issue of X Factor, Cyclops had a, a spandex, because I assume it's spandex anyway, uh, outfit that had one one big white X that went and then it was that kind of darker blue through the rest and everybody else had kind of a similar version uh, of the same thing. Um, that's the closest I can think of off the top of my head. Now, I'm sure there's probably something that's closer because as much as I've read, there's a lot that I haven't. And and I, you know, I think it's just as likely that this is a direct take on something that I just am not thinking of at the moment. But regardless of whether it's a direct take on that or not, maybe an Age of Apocalypse kind of style, possibly, regardless of what it was based on, it just did not look good. It looked plasticky and stiff and just not great. And like I said, the only reason that really stands out to me is everything else was really pretty good. Yeah. Um, Trying to think here. So the, the look... That you you didn't get a look so in previous movies when they were at the school, you got hints of other characters that were kids, mm-hmm. and they might have had their own design or their hair or their you know earrings or their clothes or something. You didn't get any of that. No, you didn't get a single bit of that. There was a character that you did see. Do you remember who it was? Like not a main character that was in the movie, but you actually got to see another X man hint ex-woman character who had a run of her own i must have missed it which one so when they're having oh wait dazzler dazzler yes i can i'm spacing it it's too late it was when we're recording is what it is that was a geek out moment for me and as disliking i was of the yellow x costumes that was fantastic yeah so that was a nice like I said, in all the previous ones, I feel like when they're at the school, the kids represent some young version or teen version of a of a character. But you just didn't you just didn't get any of that in this one. That was the one little hint of an extra character. But you know how that one was thrown out there. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, they did a good job. It was there for as long as it needed to be. It made the made me geek out just a little bit from seeing it, and that that served its purpose, I'm sure. And uh, just all in all, that was fun. And like I said, the rest of the outfits were good. Uh, the uh, 
I mean, it's a lot of standard stuff. Nothing that was really amazing. Props? Um, what type of props? I, I didn't, didn't have a lot. Of them. I mean, you had the wheelchair, I guess. Yes. Wheelchair was all right. Three three wheels? Yeah. A tricycle chair? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a variant of stuff that we've seen in the comics. He's had so many chairs, it's not funny. Um, and it was although, the 90s, so no yeah. hovering chair yet. Which so. makes me sad. I was hoping for a hovering chair. <laughs> moment <laughs> in the future um, um, that's one thing I did appreciate yeah. didn't see cell phones yeah uh, no Starbucks coffee cups anywhere to be seen no there was a lot of actual landline phones <laughs> that was what I was kind of paying attention to is that if you if you saw the X phone which was just like a standard handset phone but next to it there was like a uh, a there was a phone, like yeah. a digital-style yeah. phone that you might even see now to an extent. So That was kind of cool. Well, I don't know why I paid attention to the phones. Well, you know, because they were front and center. They shoved him in, in the face from like the camera angle when he couldn't get through to the president. It was like you were sitting on the floor in front of the desk and the phone was right there in front of your nose. Yeah, you couldn't have not looked at the phone. It had a big X on it. Yeah. But, uh, and that, and that was fine. I thought, you know, talking about camera angles, which we'll get into here in a minute, that was right for that scene. I think it made sense. Uh, but costuming and props because of that, I mean, the really, the only detractor was that the suits I didn't like. So kind of eight out of 10 for me. I think eight is fair. Yeah. Um, going into locations, I started thinking about it after the fact there really weren't a lot of locations in this film. I mean, there were a handful. You had the... Uh, the space shuttle. Yeah, the shuttle. You had uh, the car at the beginning on the road, right? You uh, had um, the the wads. I'm going to say that's woods. Woods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> w, you thought it was W-A-A-D? Uh, well, yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> the mansion, the house, um, and the train. That's pretty much it. Uh, there when they were in New York, a different mansion. It was it was like an apartment. And they were in the park too. In the what kind park. of apartment in New York has a staircase along the side with an overlook and marble? That was the mansion. The one where the Richards live. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sorry, that's just that's my my mindset. Um, so not a ton of locations, but I think that was a good thing. I mean, keep it simple. Keep it safe. safe. <laughs> uh, so did you did you think anything weird about the locations or anything no. that was really good or really bad? Um, there was one other location that I kind of considered we didn't think about either was Magneto's oh, mutant base. That's right. So. That was neat. That that was cool. So like, if they could have see this is this is where the comic book movie should have gone is getting that thing into an asteroid and getting it awesome. <laughs> now you're getting somewhere like the real strife the between ast- yeah. the asteroid M. That would have been so good. It's like you can't have this land. Well, we'll just I'll just take it then. Yeah, <laughs> up it goes. So that little thing that was cool. You know they were. In, farming and stuff and there was grass and trees yeah it was it was solid 
Some shanties. Not much to talk about, really. Nothing that, like I said, stood out one way or the other. So again, kind of an 8 out of 10. They did what they needed to do. It was there. It didn't get in the way. Served its purpose, and that was it. Sure. I'll, I'll go with an, an 8 spot. Now is where things get interesting, at least in my mindset. Cinematography, which is kind of where all the CGI falls and the camera angles and the blocking and all that sort of stuff. Um I was fully expecting <clears throat> that the CGI in this would be god-awful, at least in spots. I've been kind of disappointed in some of the movies I've been watching recently. It's just had some really big misses in terms of CGI. There weren't any. No. I, I think so. so part of this could be when you have characters like Beast and in this movie Raven... Yeah. Not Mystique, Raven. Um, Same difference. Practical effects, not camera effects, for for the most part. So they didn't have to necessarily produce entire characters no. via CGI. That helps a lot, in my opinion. So I, I touched on this a little bit when we reviewed uh, Infinity War. Is that the, as great as that movie was, and the thing was just a $300 million thing, thing of computer animation and stuff that Thanos was like a B, right? Like Thanos was really good and good in a lot of scenes, but it was kind of a overall a B range done character, but you didn't really have to do that in this movie. The, the alien creatures were when you saw them as their original form or weird but that was it well the only thing that i thought that really could have had problems is that long that far shot when the train's speeding by and they're all on top of the train i thought that had the potential to have some pretty bad animation because you're looking at it from a distance and it sometimes those uh those individuals can come out as cartoony and i really didn't see it they look pretty good i mean it wasn't perfect but I mean, really, it, it didn't detract. Nothing did. The, the gunshots to the aliens looked good. The, uh, the fire effect for the phoenix looked good. Uh, it was just really pretty solid uh, in terms of CGI anyway. Yeah, uh, I don't think there was much to talk down on. No, not um, really. Let me see here. Every time... Every time you did a Nightcrawler... Bamf. There was always the little blue fuzzies and curly smoke fuzzies thing. Those look cool. and You got to have the fun super speed minute with uh, Quicksilver at the beginning. It's very quick. Very quick minute. Well, 10 seconds. However long. Yeah. And then he was basically done for the rest of the movie. That, Which was kind of sad. Unfortunate. Um... Some lightning bolts, some hair. Ooh, some hair. Hmm. Um, the one character I don't know the bad guy with the oh, hair. With the, the blades on Ooh. the ends of his hair. He is fighting alongside Magneto. Yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with who that is either. <laughs> it's not somebody I recognize. I mean, it reminds me of somebody like Omega Red, but it's not Omega Red. Um, I'm really not sure who that is. 
No. Yeah, chink in my armor. Um, there was also... Was um, Callisto? Was that? Was that the, the other mutant? I think so. Can, can detect uh, mutants? Is that something, what Callisto does? Something like that. Had her with mental powers. I don't remember her having any sort of uh, telepathic capabilities. And the, the credits don't give that character a, like a specific name. Oh, gosh. Mm-mm-mm-mm. NASA Tech. No, that's not her. Well, while you're looking up that, I'll, I'll address what I think was more of an issue in terms of cinematography. I didn't like some of the some of the shots were a little strange <clears throat> in how they framed people together. It kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, and it's most likely just fine. It's most likely just me. But some of the off-center instances just kind of threw me off. Um there were some like that train scene even though the cgi on the people looked okay you were so far away you couldn't really see what was happening in any real way i know you're supposed to feel like you're kind of in the cockpit of the the helicopter but that didn't work so well for me when you're going with a high cgi scene like that um the pacing of the confrontation of Magneto and Jean Grey at the really nice apartment slash mansion um, went from frenetic to really odd practical effects. It seemed to kind of not meld as he brought the subway car into the front. That didn't quite work for me. It seemed clunky. Why, uh, why did he bring it in? The only thing I could think of was to block the entrance. Maybe. Or look at me. I can heavy things. I'm really not sure what the purpose of that was other than to show that he could lift it out of the subway. And the character's name was Celine. Was that right? Oh, Celine. Really? With Magneto. That's an odd choice. Celine Gallio. Maybe it's a different Celine that I'm thinking of. Because the Celine that I'm thinking of from the comics was a mutant vampire. And she definitely had mental powers. Um, she would she needed to like, you know, consume the life force people to maintain her essentially immortal existence. Um, is that the is that was that the character? Yeah, that's definitely her. Hmm. So maybe she wasn't somebody referenced from the comics. She was just maybe a, not. Uh, whoever but uh yeah so there was there were a couple of odd choices in terms of some framing and some choices of where to put things but for the most part again it was nothing terribly major and the the crash scene at the beginning when they that was solid that was good mm-hmm. like I, they showed it multiple times like at the beginning and then there was a flashback to it in the middle also mm-hmm. and that was fine her face getting the little cracks across it from time to time that was all right um little unimpressive but i see where they were going with it kind of under the surface sort of a thing yeah the the shuttle was good um not what i thought was just terribly impressive but good 
Um, that, that's like a lot of the film in terms of how this is. It, it was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, if that's what it is, I'll take that. I mean, this is yeah, not to be spoilery in our own review, but it's, it's a movie I ended up watching again. Um, so, yeah. So, for me, that's kind of a, it's kind of a 15 out of 20. Yeah. Uh, there, it was so, like, normally that detracts. Yeah. And in this one, didn't really. it really didn't. So, I'll give it a 16. Nice. All right. Now for the writing, where things usually fall apart. <laughs> yeah, this is this is where things usually take a dive. Um, okay, so the writing on this, like I said, I don't believe a Dark Phoenix storyline can be done in a single movie. It'd be like trying to do the whole Infinity War slash Gauntlet, whatever you want to call it, in a single movie. It doesn't work. Um, so kind of, in my mind, doomed to failure to begin with. You just can't do what you're going to try and do. You're going to just try and cram too much stuff in there. They didn't do that. Instead of trying to cram too much stuff in there, they just made up whatever they wanted to make up and called it Dark Phoenix. They had the the core elements. So at the end of the Apocalypse movie, they saw her get splody. Yeah. But but it it didn't really carry over per se no. to this movie. It was more of the absolute core elements, which was when she was little. Yeah. Um, Xavier got her. Creating the barriers. Created the barriers mm-hmm. because she was actually much more powerful, is much more power powerful than what you actually see most of the time. Yeah. And then a cosmic event triggered those powers to be released yeah and as what the phoenix force was drawn to in the first place now the comics they go into a little more detail about what it is that is what draws the phoenix force and how it's kind of something that doesn't just happen to gene gray but uh uh you know there is a, a phoenix character that appears in the excalibur group that's the rachel summers so the the daughter, daughter. uh but again it's Pretty much anybody around the gray side of things kind of kind of gets that that affinity, basically. Uh, Hope Summers had the same thing happen when the Avengers versus X Men storyline, uh, the uh, the Phoenix Force side head straight to Earth once Hope, um, that sort of thing. But um, the the aliens that we still don't know who the aliens are. Yeah, no clue. Was just like a pop tool. Yeah, and that that really frustrated me. That was one of the biggest detractions for me. I hate two-dimensional villains, whether it's a single big bad guy that his whole thing is or her whole thing is, I want to rule the world or I want to destroy the world. Why? Yeah, because I'm evil. Okay. Well, they wanted or, to create a new world for themselves. Well, they have that part. and But again, it's kind of nameless masses of aliens that we're not going to flesh out. Here's a very brief description of why. That's it. You're done. You're done. That, God, makes me want to pull my hair out every single time. And I understand. Time in this kind of a movie is precious. And you're looking at the plot development and the character development of everybody else. But come on. You, you, you can do more than that. I, I, I will forever say that heroes are good, 
but they're only as good as the villains that they're up against. The villain is always more compelling to me. And if you can't make a compelling villain, you have pretty much already failed. And if you look at how this movie was presented, I feel like it was presented as though Jean Grey was the villain, right? Yeah, kind of. In a roundabout former fashion. I mean... Or at least the antagonist, yes. not villain. Yeah. And the, the villains, yeah, they're... The, the Phoenix, as they only called her because of how she exploded in space but was still alive. Now, sidetrack on this. I like how for Nightcrawler, they just patched up his head. And <laughs> so he had a, a helmet on. It didn't matter, you know, just go out there in the vacuum of space. Yeah, that was kind of awesome. And, <laughs> And how did the um, X-Jet accelerate instantly in space? Well, they've got uh, mutant science. Oh, mutant science. That's my favorite science. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the, uh, that, their special brand of magic science. Now I'm nitpicking, of course. Yeah. Because um, a lot of those things ignore spot science things like there's no sound in space. Yeah. And yet the jets always have whooshing sounds when they fly around in space. There's no fire really in space no only if there's some type of oxygen tank yeah um so i mean yeah they're kind of small small things um i did have another nitpicky thing and this this irks me every single time the line that raven has towards the beginning of the movie you should call it x women because we keep saving everybody which i get kind of in the sense they want to kind of have that Again, it's another instance where you want to have that kind of empowerment thing. And I'm all for that. This is badly written. It was out of nowhere. It was not really connected to anything. It was just lame. Um, Forced. Forced. It needed some lead up. It needed something to build to it so that when it was said, it carried weight. And the way it was said, it's just sitting there lame. And just... And I... I definitely appreciate the fact that one, um, she didn't want to be in any more X Men movies anyway. Mm. She said, she said that she was in this movie because Jennifer Lawrence anyway. Uh, so Contract that, obligations? No, um, she. If she was saying this and was being honest about it, well, bravo to her. She said it wouldn't be fair to all the fans if there was. A different actress in this position for this movie, right? Well, if that's really what she said, and really what she meant, if that's uh, what she really meant, then that's a stand-up uh, applause to me for Jennifer Lawrence. That's really, really but, good. But you could you could tell, and to an extent, that she really didn't want to do this again. And I get it. I mean, getting wrapped up in that makeup at least she didn't have to do it as much because she had no. her fancy X uniform on, right? That is that is true, and she wasn't in. A ton of film. <laughs> no, they killed her off pretty early. So she she got her little stint in the movie, and then they just used her as a, a point to get her off the payroll, right, and, and kill her off. So, like, I don't even know if her death had a lot of impact. Like, it, it had a plot-moving So I'm going to have thing. to ask about this. I did not see Days of Future Past, and I only saw bits and pieces of Apocalypse. Was there a really strong relationship between Jean Grey and Raven in the movies? 
in the movies. So Days of Future Past. N no, like in, in that movie, she was trying to in Days of Future Past, she was trying to uh, kill the uh, to kill Trask? Nixon or Trask or who all those people. So she like Jean Grey wasn't even in that movie. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in the apocalypse one, I'm trying to think, yeah, they were in there. I, don't, I can't remember the relationship that they had necessarily in that one. I just don't remember anything on screen before that. Cause I saw the previous ones that would have lent to this deep emotional connection that the two of them had. We bring each other back and I'm here to help you. Okay. It, it's, it seemed again, forced. It wasn't. Yeah, I, like I said, I just can't remember. I, I've I've seen Age of Apocalypse a couple of times, but it's been a while since I've seen those. And they're not like Age of Apocalypse isn't that memorable of a movie because I want the Apocalypse character to be just ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. And and the Apocalypse character was in a sense, but wasn't in a sense. And I want to see the Four Horsemen be just scary scary just characters that are imposing and they really weren't um i don't know so like, like that movie was really underwhelming for me for the character that i knew and the characters that surrounded him that i knew yeah um now one of the things that we really missed out in the X-Men line of movies that apparently was in the works, like the, it was, it was like written was that before this one, there was going to be a spinoff uh, with beast and what was it? The fantastic four who got into like a, a fight over something. And it turns out the whole reason they got into the fight was, um, the something to do with the Essex Corporation, and it would have introduced uh, Sinister. Sinister, and he would have been a bad guy that s started there and carried on through more movies. That I would have liked to have seen a good Mister Sinister come in. That's that's such a fun character. So I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping that net four years or whatever down the road when that marvel they, gets to it when they get to it that sinister is going to be a character they say they've only touched on it they've only just so we saw it in deadpool yeah uh but we did see it in an x-men movie we saw it because at the the end sequence uh the end credit scene someone from the essex corporation came in and gobbled up a bunch of stuff yeah so we saw it but we never saw it fleshed out. Well, and that's the thing. In, in the comics, the sinister character is keenly interested in the Summers. and The whole family the, line. The whole family line. And that's a great way to tease out the storyline. If you did want to do Dark Phoenix the right way, that yeah. is the way to do it. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, back to... <laughs> well, that has impact that because impact. that could have led into other movies which would have led into a better version of this movie yeah yeah um and again it's it's not like this movie was awful it just because of its quick setup and its lack of real connection 
to the characters and the audience or the characters and each other. It couldn't give you that emotional impact that you needed it to have. Um, Another question, completely off subject. Why do when there are armies or not armies, but military people and they have helicopters, why are they always Hueys? That's a good question. Maybe it's because you've got that open side on it so that you can have the good camera angle and make it feel like you're in there. Or that's maybe what everybody expects a helicopter to be because they've seen way too many Vietnam movies at this point. Or maybe, and seriously, maybe they're just like, you can get three of these for the certain one good one for one other one yes <laughs> i was just thinking of that as i was watching the movie i was like this is the 90s the hueys were like a 60s thing and even at that point in time they were getting older getting older so like what you see that in every like if you watched a movie in the, in the 80s it, they were all huey helicopters so which kind of made sense it's like okay we've got to get helicopters We've got this budget. Yeah. <laughs> we can get Hueys. <laughs> okay. Uh, back, to the, back to the real talk. Back Keep to, going. Yeah. So, so I mean, it just kind of, it, a lot of it just kind of messed with me. Um, and, and this is probably the only thing that I will say the original X-Men series did better than this one. The uh, Famke Jansen and Marsden chemistry was really good and i didn't get the same kind of chemistry from these two gene thought i lost you <laughs> i mean when when marsden gets killed in the uh in the last stand off screen uh but before that you know he conveys a lot of emotion in that which is surprise the heck out of me it's one of the things that got me go okay this guy can really act um yeah, yeah. it was just didn't like get that with this sorry no they're on the they're on the uh the ship not the ship the x-jet mm-hmm. and he put his hand on her shoulder yeah there you go done no not done not even close to done Side note, we talked a little bit earlier today about uh, Cyclops and him not being fully fleshed out as a character or a character with power because of his eye beams that can really destroy pretty much anything um, and what he could use those for. Um, and we saw a little bit more of that in this movie, which we... I did. I did I, that is one thing I did enjoy. It's like, all right, Scott, get down to the bottom and <laughs> just attach the thing to it. Okay, I'm going to aim this way. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's a dumb idea that works really well. It's like, why didn't anybody think of this? That should have been just a gimme. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. It's an eye turret. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, the fight scenes were okay. They weren't bad by any stretch of the imagination. They were yeah. solid. But, I mean, there's, again, uh, there were a couple of big missteps. And there were a couple of really cool things. But those kind of merged together to me to, again, kind of go 15. Solid. Yeah. I... There were some, there were definitely some things missing, and 
the movie could have been longer. That I sat probably through, would have helped. I sat through a half hour of nonsense, like you always do. And I was like, well, now, I know there's trailers, and it's usually 20 minutes. It was a half hour. I walked up, looked at my watch. I was like, I've sat here for a half hour on this nonsense before this movie started. Yeah. Like, I, I'm okay with 20. I used, to, I mean, I used to work with movie theaters. I get it. That's where you make money. That's the one way to make money. 30 minutes. Like, get out of That's here, man. And anyway, so the movie was done. I looked at my watch again. I was like, oh, so this actual runtime was like an hour and 45 minutes. And then you, there, it could have been longer. It should have been longer. And there should have been more of a reason for these weird alien creatures to come and do things yeah. like we there was something that was missed out on these and no, you're think, right the bad guys were just there just in a, in a weird way and i mean maybe uh, part of it is you you couldn't really fold in the original aliens that were involved in the storyline the shar empire would just have been too much for them to do we need gladiator in our lives i want gladiator so bad Never see him. No, we never will. That, that just just it, mm, and frustrates re- me greatly. And a real, a real X Men juggernaut. We finally got a good juggernaut. Yes, but a real X Men juggernaut. Now that would be really nice to see. Well, now they've seen how to do them. The fact that Deadpool is how they showed that the juggernaut can be done correctly. Maybe we'll see him. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Um, but okay. how much? How much out of twenty do you think for the plot and writing? Um, I'll give it a twelve. Twelve. All right. So this is the point where you can give any bonus points. Would Ooh. you like me to add up your total so you can uh, see where you are? Yes, please. Right. So let's see: 24, 28, 32, 42, 52, 62, is where you Ooh. currently are. Dang. So that's like a C minus. Yeah. You know what? Um. Uh, try to think here. Uh, Can you give a point for Dazzler? No, because I'm not a Dazzler person. But I appreciated the fact that there was a Dazzler. So it's kind of a kind of a counterbalance. So one, because there was that extra character, which I love to see. But two, there could have been so many extra characters, and they just There's totally bypassed on. So like it's a one and a negative one. So I'm gonna go with no. I'm just going to go with 72. Straight 72. Up. Yeah, the uh, no after credits, no mid credits, no nothing. Just kind of, this is what you get. <laughs> there, there was no reason to. Sayonara. <laughs> right? Yeah. There, there's. Had they known that this would have kept going, yeah, there'd been some type of credits, but Maybe. What's, the, what's the point? How, many, how much fun would it have been? It's still a Fox property. Get five seconds, get Ryan Reynolds to show up for some reason at the very end to say something. I mean, come on. That's that's the money right there. Ryan, get Ryan Reynolds, get um, get uh, Wolverine to show up, uh, Hugh Jackman, get Hugh Jackman to show up as a closeout. You know, anything, anything, something to acknowledge the, the like, nothing. No. Nope. Uh, we done. Unfortunate. Well, then, that makes a 72 for you and a 73 for me, mm. which uh, C minus and a C. I mean, I think that's pretty fair. Like I said, with all of the detractions that we had, we're all really pretty small for the most part. Yeah. Um, 
I this is definitely a film that I'll end up buying on Blu-ray. It's it was enjoyable to watch, a lot more enjoyable than I expected. There's no way this is a 22 percent. Yeah, and that's that's unfortunate that. Uh... For the for the most part, the reason that nobody is going to see this is they're relying on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, there's got to be some means for people to have an idea if a movie is good or bad. Yeah. That's just how it works. But I read articles about the score that this thing received. Or I guess I should say I don't I don't read a lot. <laughs> I read headlines and then read the first paragraph. But like the gist of a couple of these was. We don't get why the score is what the score is. We understand how it's scored because it's an aggregate. Yeah. Um, but we don't get why it's that score. Yeah, that, that was really strange. That, Like I said, it just surprised the heck out of me. That was, this is not a 22% film. Uh, it There's should... so many other worse films that are oh, out yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Venom, for example. Aladdin. Anyway. <laughs> 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 now, if we're talking about the cartoon, now hey, no, no. we're getting a whole deal. That's yeah. true. The cartoon was pretty fabulous. Uh, yeah, no, I, I no, <laughs> no, 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 no I'm, right now. I wouldn't go and watch that in the theater for sure. So we will leave this to you. Did you think the twenty-two percent Rotten uh, Tomatoes score was accurate? Did you think our scores were closer to accurate? What is your score? Have you seen it yet? Are you going to wait for it? Whenever the time comes, pop onto our forums. Tell us what you think. We will respond. I promise. At least I will respond. Yeah, I might get this guy to respond. Say something. Hey, I would respond if someone would ever in, like put something on uh, a thing, <laughs> whatever that thing is. Any, anything. I ain't getting any, any, yeah. anything. So <laughs> nothing there. But we would love to hear what you think. Tweet us. You know. Stop by our uh, Facebook page. Tell your friends about us. Go to the Graham Graham. Absolutely. Oh, and most importantly, don't forget YouTube. We are on YouTube. Subscribe, like, tell friends. We must dominate. We must be the best. We must be at least, you know, higher and better and adequate. Get those 10 views per week, son. <laughs> uh, but until next time, we'll be back. No, that's terrible. Let's try something else. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. No, that's taken. Okay. What about uh, until next time, ah, eat your meat so you can have your pudding. Uh, will we get will we get smacked for that one? Um, I would advise you gentlemen out there to not eat your meat. Um are you oh. saying the phrasing on that is poor it's from a pink floyd song i just can't win i i think we're just leaving that's it yeah done i think we gotta be done